And now, here's your resource queen, Alex Litwack. Welcome. With me today is Bev Rella. She is a nutrition therapist, and we have a whole list of things we're going to talk about on this absolutely spectacular day. The sun is out, the sky is blue, we've got kids on a playground, we've got cars rolling by, but we had to be outside. So welcome, Bev. Thank you, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today about subjects that are near and dear to my heart, <laughs> which are what to eat when you are having hormonal challenges. Mm -hmm. First things first, I think that most women in particular do not start to deal with hormone issues until they have trouble. Yes, definitely. And so we need to understand how can you be proactive regarding your hormone health, even starting in your 20s, let's exactly. say. Exactly, exactly. I think most women, myself included, don't think about the fact that they're in perimenopause for maybe 10 years prior to menopause. Things start changing, especially in your late 30s, early 40s. You might start having longer periods. You might start having shorter periods. You might not sleep as well. You might start having mood issues. Sometimes anxiety or unfortunately depression hits, starts to hit you in mid-age. We all, I've heard it on your show before, we all start to think that we just have to deal with these symptoms. And so starting in your 20s and your 30s, it's really important to do a few lifestyle things, a few diet things to help stabilize your hormones going into that crazy period called perimenopause and menopause. If I was in my 20s, I would want to talk with you immediately. Turns out I am no longer in my <laughs> 20s. <laughs> I'm not either. Yeah. What are some of the things in your 20s that one should consider being mindful of? Well, the biggest one is eating a nutrient-dense diet. And so we're talking about healthy carbs, we're talking about good sources of protein, um, healthy fats. Uh, getting those types of nutrients will definitely sustain you for the long haul. So if you're a sugarholic mm -hmm. or you're a junk food holic, you are going to set yourself up for troubles. Yes, unfortunately, that's the case. Whatever habits you've established in your 20s and 30s, you will probably take into perimenopause and menopause. What's the average onset age of menopause? The average age is 51, but it can happen for women any time between their late 30s uh, and, you know, 60. I've had a friend who didn't arrive to menopause until then. So 51 is simply an average. Many women, unfortunately, go into menopause because of a hysterectomy or other issues regarding their uh, reproductive system. So they will go into menopause early. Natural menopause generally happens around that late 40s, early 50s time frame. And you are in menopause when you are no longer having cycles. Yes. So the technical definition of menopause is that you haven't had a period for a year. 
So once that happens and you've not had a period for 12 consecutive months, you can look back and say, I started menopause a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's not, it's not as though you're in menopause and all your symptoms and issues stop. Correct. Correct. In menopause, things change, uh, obviously. Your ovaries in particular are not pushing out estrogen like they did premenopause. Uh, but I think a fallacy is that we stop producing estrogen. We don't. The ovaries still produce a little bit of estrogen, and then other places in the body, specifically the adrenal glands, uh, start taking over and producing estrogen for us. So we're not devoid of estrogen after menopause, uh, but we produce far lower levels of estrogen. How do you think people should test their hormone levels? I have two tests a person, a woman could avail themselves of. And hormone testing, by the way, is not just for women. Um, men can test their hormones as well. So two tests are a saliva test, uh, where uh, you literally spit into a vial four times a day. And what we look at is your cortisol rhythm, which is your level of cortisol through the day. We can also look at your sex hormones, your level of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, because women do have testosterone as well. And the other option for some women uh, is called the Dutch test, which is a dried urine test. Uh, and it depends. They both have pros and cons. Uh, but for some women, especially if you are still having periods and you want to test your hormones, but you travel frequently, that's an example where we'd use the dried urine test uh, because the saliva has to be refrigerated. So there are practical reasons for using one or the other. And sometimes it just comes down to practitioner interest and, and what we're looking for uh, in particular on the tests. A lot of people go to their doctor and they don't test with either of those methods. Correct. They use a blood test. That is true. What is the reason you don't think a blood test is good? Well, a blood test is fine, but you're only looking at your level of sex hormones on that particular day. For a cycling woman, which is a woman still having periods, we want to look at their hormones throughout the month. Uh, especially if they're interested in having babies or they've had some issues or they want to support their hormones going into trying to get pregnant. We want to look at that range of hormones and what things like FH and um, FSH and LH are doing during the uh, cycle as well. And FH is follicle-stimulating hormone. LH is luteinizing hormone, and they're critical to um, fertility. You mentioned the hormones progesterone, testosterone, and estrogen. They are all related. Yes. And having those be in balance is not always so easy. Correct. Correct. And progesterone as a supplement, which I know many times comes as a cream, you can get as a liquid. For some women, that is a really tough hormone to take. Mm -hmm. Are there other ways to balance these hormones without taking medications? Absolutely. Such as? Well, we would want to look at your individual situation to see your levels of progesterone versus estrogen versus testosterone. I have as tools in my tool chest uh, 
lifestyle, as we've talked about before. We'll look at your diet. Uh, to see how you might be able to balance hormones, uh, just doing some changes to your diet. We'll look at your lifestyle. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping enough? Are you exercising? Are you taking care of yourself in those ways? Stress management is a big part of that. And then we can add supplements such as rhodiola, chase tree. I'm just listing them, but it really depends on your individual situation, which supplements and um, which botanicals or herbs would be best for you. Let's talk about what's quote unquote normal. If you're in your 20s and you're having intermittent cycles or heavy cycles, painful cycles, is that normal? No. No, it is not normal. We can all expect to have a normal period and I think what that means for us is not a lot of PMS. Uh, I think we've, at least my generation has grown up thinking that PMS is a part of cycling, is a part of having periods and it doesn't need to be. So heavy periods, painful periods, um, I would suggest that a person having those types of symptoms find a trusted healthcare professional and talk through you know, what can be done. Oftentimes those symptoms point to something that is called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and endometriosis could be a result of those symptoms. So that's always important to uh, get checked out to see if you're leading in that direction. But again, there's some things that we can do diet-wise, lifestyle-wise, to uh, alleviate those symptoms. I say it all the time on the show, suffering is overrated. And I think that it's so good to be proactive, especially in your 20s. Because as you said before, what, you happens, what happens in your 20s, what happens in your 30s is just gonna carry on into your 40s or worse if you've let it slide. Right, absolutely, absolutely. For years, Western medicine put women during menopause on hormone replacement therapy. Correct. That doesn't seem to have worked out so well. <laughs> well, it, way back in the day, uh, the non-bioidentical hormones seemed, well, did cause issues with cancer and other diseases later in life. There was a big study called the Women's Health Study that um, actually had to be cut short because women were suffering um, who were being studied. That put a scare into a lot of women in menopause and uh, shied them away from uh, looking at hormones as an option for them. Uh, right now, uh, many doctors prescribe bioidentical hormones, and if that's something you're interested in, talk to a trusted healthcare professional because. Getting a little bit of estrogen, maybe some progesterone, in the right amount could really help you bring back your vitality, your joy for life. Um, many times women in menopause suffer because they're just not feeling their best. So it could be lack of sleep, it could just be anxiety, um, just mood issues in general. 
hot flashes, night sweats. Many times uh, those in the medical community can adjust those symptoms by using the right balance of hormones and that's why I preach just understand yourself and uh, look at balancing your hormones for what your body is telling you. Do you have people keep a food diary or a symptom diary so that you have a better understanding of what's going on? Yes. Um, it's actually a requirement of working with me. Uh, we go through a, a very long health history. I want to know uh, when your first period was, how many rounds of antibiotics you've taken during your lifetime. And I do want to look at how you're eating today. A lot of people will shy away from that exercise, but it's really meant to just give us a starting point and help me understand um, how you're eating today. Are you eating a lot of processed foods? Are you going out to dinner three times a week? Are you cooking at home? Do you not like to cook at home? Uh, it just gives me an insight as to what's going on for you. I think it makes all the difference in the world when somebody takes the time to pay attention to how they are doing on a daily basis. Because I think, as we've discussed, people just sort of go on about their life right. and and don't always realize that, oh my God, I don't feel well every single month. Right, absolutely. And a lot of times um, when they don't feel good, it might be something else. It may not be hormones. Um, oftentimes it's digestion. Um, it it's the place where I generally start with people even before we get to hormones because a lot of times if your digestion's off, your hormones are out of balance for sure. And so when we look at, di at your digestion and we balance your digestion, oftentimes we fix your hormone balance. What are some of your tools for helping people balance their digestion? I use two tests. I'm a big proponent of tests don't guess. Uh, I use the MRT test, which is a blood test that looks for food sensitivities, in concert with something called the GI map, which is a stool test. It's not very fun to do, but it gives us a ton of information about what's happening all throughout your digestive system. And the digestive system, as your second brain, mm -hmm. as, as a place where different hormones are going to react with the ability of your gut to function well and, of course, all the crazy foods that we eat, you're right. It is key. It yes. is the center of everything. Well, and I actually did my final project for my nutrition program on the intersection between digestion and your hormones for menopausal women. So, trust me, you don't want to read the paper, but they're related. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes, sometimes the fixes aren't too difficult. Sometimes right. they are. Sometimes it's a matter of balancing what you eat, getting better sleep, as we mentioned, exercising a little bit more. And one thing we haven't mentioned is taking care of yourself. Self-care is a big buzzword, buzz phrase these days, but managing your own stress, um, being present, and for whatever it means for you, uh, meditation, journaling, just sitting quiet for five to ten minutes a day, 
to let that rest and digest system take over, that parasympathetic system take over a little bit. I think we're just so used to being on the go, 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 especially in your 20s and 30s, that we don't take time to consider um, our stress levels and what we're doing to ourselves and what could happen later on because we're leading a very stressful life. Yeah. Stress is absolutely an essential factor in your ability to feel good about yourself and to feel well. Mm -hmm. And we live in a very stressful world. Testing for that stress hormone, cortisol, is also an important part of uh, hormonal health. We uh, look at that cortisol rhythm during the day uh, to see if your rhythm matches an ideal rhythm, which is cortisol very high in the morning because it gets us out of bed and gets us going for the day and then drops during the day and needs to be very low at night so melatonin takes over and helps you sleep. And melatonin is just a different kind of hormone. It is a neurohormone, which people don't always realize that it's not just a supplement that you take. It's an actual hormone that's right. impacting your circadian rhythms. Right, right. What you want is a very low level of cortisol in the evening and higher levels of melatonin so that you can have a restful sleep. Something we, I didn't realize before studying is that you know, your brain does a lot of repair work at night. So having the right levels of cortisol versus melatonin as you go to sleep, turning the lights off by 10 o'clock so your brain can do that essential cleanup work is, is more important than I think a lot of folks realize. And if you are getting woken up in the middle of the night on a regular basis, it is likely that you are pumping cortisol at the wrong time of day. Exactly. I had a recent client who had that very particular situation where cortisol was high during the entire day and especially high at night. So that's something that we can look to balance. What were the specific solutions you had for this person? Because her cortisol was high during the entire day, we looked to balance it throughout the day. So. When you have high cortisol, oftentimes you have dysregulated blood sugar. So I took a serious look at her diet, and we decided that instead of doing intermittent fasting, she needed to eat on a more regular basis to level out her blood sugar because we didn't want the high cortisol to damage um, her blood sugar regulation. We start thinking about root causes of hormone issues and dysfunction, and then what we can do when we see um, dysfunction. And so along with that, I put her on some calming supplements. Rhodiola comes to mind, as well as some supplements she can take during the evening. There were some menopausal-type supplements to again, calm that stress response, help her sleep better, and we worked on sleep hygiene. Yes, that's a very big topic. I, I talk to people about that all the time. It makes such a difference to it, have good sleep habits. It does, it does. And I think for some of us, um, myself included, I slept 
great until menopause. And now sleep is a little more elusive. And so going back to those tenets of sleep hygiene, turning off the screens, calming yourself before bedtime, trying to set uh, an environment in your bedroom that is, is conducive for sleep. Oftentimes when women don't sleep well, they get in their head that they're not going to sleep well. And so um, then it's more difficult to sleep. So setting those psychological parameters around sleep is always helpful. All right, well, we spent a lot of time talking about women. You did make an earlier mention about men. Men, do men have a menopause? I don't know that men have a menopause, but men's hormones can certainly become out of balance. Um, and usually what happens is that their testosterone begins to decline. And estrogen is actually um, a metabolite of testosterone. So oftentimes what we see in men is lower testosterone and higher estrogen. As they get older. As they get older, correct. And so that's a balance that uh, we can work on when we see that happening with men. Yeah, I mean, all of those hormones can be gotten, I believe, as topicals. That is true. Which makes people a little bit happier because they don't have to swallow another pill. Right, right. But what we do see is that when people, men or women, are on topicals, oftentimes they don't do the test to recheck. So again, my, my mantra is balanced hormones. And so we want to check, um, even if I suggest um, a topical to women and or men, and they go on it, we always want to check three to four months out to make sure that we're dialing in the right amount of hormone Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to, as you said before, you want to, you want to have real knowledge, real information, test to get some accuracy, and then retest to make sure that what you're doing is actually working. What's the point otherwise? Right. Right. You have written a book. Oh, it's, it's an e-book. Okay. Uh, and I thought it would be beneficial for anyone who's listening. It's called Eating for Healthy Hormones. And it has a seven-day meal plan. It also has some of the lifestyle uh, suggestions that we've talked about. It talks a little bit about cortisol and other stress hormones and how they're related. You can get the ebook by going to beasinboyit.ly bit.ly forward slash rella, R-E-L-L-A, hormones, 2021. And if they go to your website? It is um, www.barwellness.net. Barwellness.net. When they go to your website, what kind of information will they find there? They'll find information about how to work with me. Uh, I do also teach cooking, healthy cooking classes. Uh, they can sign up for my e-newsletter, which is once a week, nutrition news you can use. And they can apply to work with me if they'd like. All right. Beth, thank you so much for all this wonderful information. Let's hope more people choose to go down that healthy path. Thank you so much for having me. How many medications and supplements have you tried to deal with your anxiety, insomnia, inflammation, or pain? 
Have you considered hemp-sourced CBD? It is such a powerful and profound way to work on a wide variety of both emotional and physical issues. CBD works on a system in your body that strives to get you in balance. No matter the health challenge, CBD may be your best option. Learn all about it at cbdjubilee.com. Today's show has been sponsored by CBD Jubilee, bringing you health and happiness every day. Thanks for tuning in.